Hola amigos, this is Enrique Morones, a buen hombre magnificent mujer, with another podcast that we do every Tuesday. We have people in the know, people you should know, influence makers, and today we have one of my personal heroes, and he's a great man, somebody that a lot of people know, and if you don't, you should know him. And he's the former mayor of Los Angeles, he was the speaker, he was in the assembly, he was a candidate for governor, and he's working, as always, on a very important project that we all need to get involved with. And I'm speaking of my good friend from Los Angeles, Antonio Villarraigosa. Mayor, how are you? Good to see you. Como estas, Enrique? It's good to uh, be here with you. And let me just say, uh, you're one of my heroes. Um, I opened up uh, my campaign for governor, if you remember, yes. with a video chronicling what you do and have done for so many years, and that is uh, bring water, something as basic as water uh, to people who cross the desert searching for their dreams, their families, uh, looking to work and to contribute uh, to this nation. And uh, you have been a source of inspiration for me for a very, very long time. And I want to thank you for inviting me on your program today. Well, thank you, my brother. And, uh, um, and you know, I've always been a big fan. I, I don't know if you recall, I'm sure you do. The first time you ran for mayor and you didn't quite make it, I invited you to come down to San Diego. And I remember. The, I, then, then owner of the San Diego Padres, go Dodgers. Uh, and you uh, sat there in the owner's box with your family and, and we watched the, uh, the Padres lose. And, uh, and then you went down to Ensenada to get a little bit of a break and, and you never gave up. You came back and then you were the mayor of Los Angeles. Yeah, I'll never forget that visit to San Diego. Yeah, it was a great visit and to see uh, the way that you had built uh, a Latino fan base for the Padres, uh, the fact that you've always been so clear about what our responsibility is uh, as we move up in positions of influence, and that is to bring people with us, uh, to engage our community, to uh, make the argument that uh, investing in our community is uh, in the enlightened self-interest of business leaders, and in that case, of a sports team. So, uh, yeah, I do remember. I had forgotten that I had went, uh, or had gone, rather, to uh, Ensenada, uh, back uh, then uh, with my family, as you said. I do remember that trip because that's, I believe, the last time I've been in Sonata. I go right. to Mexico. I'm, in fact, I'm in Mexico now, as you know, in Zapopan, Jalisco, but uh, for some reason I haven't been back to Ensenada. Que viva Jalisco. Que viva Mexico. Que viva Mexico. Que viva los Estados Unidos también. Absolutely. And uh, you, uh, your great love for your mom, like I have a great love for my mom. And um, you know, with Mother's Day here and, and, and the, the role of the mothers to all of us is so important. And one thing your mom used to say that I, I read up on is that um, she told you, maybe you don't believe in yourself, but I believe in you. And that was very inspirational to you when, um, when all of a sudden, um, you know, maybe you had gone a different path and going in the wrong direction, and she was able to get you back on track. And that was uh, 
something re important, re really important. So how about that role of, the, of our mothers in our lives? Yeah, you know, thank you for asking that story. As, as we approach Mother Day, uh, it's always an opportunity and, uh, uh, for us to thank our mothers, uh, our families, uh, for everything we've been given. Uh, as I've said many times, my mother was my mother, my father, uh, my grandmother, my grandfather. Uh, she was my everything. Uh, my source of inspiration, I often say she was a woman of unconditional love uh, and an indomitable faith uh, in God, in family, in community, in our country, but also uh, in uh, our mother country where we came from. And um, that day that she said that it was a morning, the night before I had come home, I'd been in the fight again. I was always fighting in my teenage years. In fact, got kicked out of Cathedral High School in part, not only, but in part because I had been fighting. And um, it was full of blood and she checked my body. I had been in a fight uh, not so long before that where somebody had kind of stabbed me with a screwdriver, a superficial wound, but one that uh, terrified her when she saw the, the amount of blood. She realized I had, it wasn't my blood that I was okay. Um, she told me to go to bed and she was very upset. That morning she saw me um, at breakfast and I had a bandage on my arm. And she said, what's that? And I said, it's another tattoo. Now you gotta remember, I had been kicked out of school. I was now dropped out of a, a Roosevelt High School, second school, uh, another tattoo, a fight the night before. Uh, my mom, and by the way, back then, you know, in the 19, early, well, 19, late 1960s, getting a tattoo was a little different than today when everybody has one. And I had a couple, actually three. And so my, my mom looked at me and she said, she started to cry and she said, you don't believe in you, but I believe in you. Uh, you are destined uh, for greatness and you don't even know it. Now we both know that was an exaggeration. Uh, but at the time I kind of fluffed it off. In fact, you know, didn't really pay attention. But over the years I remembered that and particularly after she was gone. Uh, when I got elected to the assembly and she wasn't able to be there. And I talked about her that day when I became speaker, uh, when I lost the mayor's race the first time, uh, won a city council race against an incumbent in the primary for the first time, uh, I think ever. And then finally, when I won uh, the mayor's race, every, every time uh, that I've had a success, if you will, I think about her. And I think about those words. Whenever I talk to kids, and particularly kids who are wayward, um, you know, lost, in trouble, dropped out, I talk about that story that I believe in you. Uh, and I tell them, uh, I want you to repeat after me, I believe in me. So yeah, that's a 
a story that I do remember around uh, Mother's Day particularly. Um, now that I'm not able to celebrate Mother's Day with her. She actually died when she was 62, very young. Uh, I think it was 1991 was the year. Um, and we miss her dearly. Yeah, our, our mothers are uh, such inspirational souls. And uh, yeah, so she was very prophetic because when she said you were destined for greatness, uh, she was right. Because you have reached greatness and you're continuing to reach greatness. And to me, one of the greatest things that you do is that you inspire so many people every day. Because in your early life, uh, you and I had some similarities. I mean, we're, we're both good looking, we're both smart, we're both very modest, um, uh, great athletes. Uh, but apart from that, uh, I was not an athlete, I was a good fighter. But I wasn't an athlete. I, I, I was, you know, my, I grew up um, on the east side in City Terrace, and, and there was a park there, and it was gang infested, if you will, uh, neighborhood there. And uh, my mom wouldn't let me go. Uh, I remember she was a single mom. My fa father had left when we were five. You know, we grew up in a home of domestic violence and alcoholism. And my mom felt very protective in that regard. And, so I, I didn't get to play ball. And finally I rebelled at around 12 or 13, and I think 12 and um, played a little ball. And then my freshman year, I played football and I ran track. And then I had a, a congenital tumor in my spine that paralyzed me and uh, didn't allow me to play ball anymore. So I wish I had been an athlete like you, but I wasn't. But because I was an angry kid, I, I ended up uh, being a, a rather um, fierce uh, fighter from time to time. And you're still a fierce fighter, fighting for justice, civil rights well, that, and education. Civil rights and education have been your, your mainstay. You're known for that. That education is a civil right. Uh, your union work, school board, uh, you know, pushing that as the when you were mayor. Uh, and, and in everything that you're doing, the importance of education, my background, my grandfather also had roots in, in Jalisco. Um, he was the first labor union organizer in Mexico. He started the biggest labor union in Mexico at the time called La Crom, C-R-O-M. And, uh, and then from there, the CTM became, he was Fidel Velasco's boss, actually, my grandfather, imagine that. But that's all old history. Wow. And uh, the unions are so important in our lives and the work of, of uh, defending the people that need the most help and uh, the, the struggles that people are living in uh, daily. And, and now that we're talking about the, the, the frontline workers, the, you know, the, the nurses and the doctors, the healthcare, it's unbelievable what they're doing. I mean, they're truly saints. But how about the farm worker? You know, the, my first podcast on this podcast, Buen Hombre, was on March 31st on Cesar Chavez's day. And my first guest was a farm worker, one of my right-hand people named Hugo Castro. And he was actually working that day. He was working on Cesar Chavez Day in the fields. And there was no masks for them. There was no social distancing, making a minimum wage. Um, and we often forget these people, but you've never forgotten them. You've always stood there to fight for their rights in spite of what certain people say. And we'll get to that in just a moment the importance of standing up for people when nobody's watching. 
the importance of, of extending that hand and saying, hey, I've been there. I've been there. I know what it's like. To, this was not my life, but what you've explained about your life. You know, I was in the streets and the gangs and so forth. Uh, I spoke to a friend of mine, a friend of ours recently, who did a movie that was nominated for an Academy Award, A Better Life, uh, Damien Bichid, where he tells the story of coming to the United States from Mexico. His son is on that road that you were on, where he was the single father, not the single mother. And his son could have easily gone into those gangs in East LA, but because of the influence of him in this movie, uh, even after he was deported, his son went on, got an education, the importance of education, and, and that was a movie. But your life is a real life story. And that, important, that importance of education cannot be any more important now. And for people to know what is really taking place, for people to know the truth, for people to know that there's only one set of facts. It's either a fact or it's not. It's not like, uh, you know, like certain people like to, to lie out there and, and, and say these outrageous things. And the statements that are being made right now affect people's lives. People are dying. There was a young man that was just killed in Georgia while he was running. African-American man killed by these two Caucasians. Heather Heyer, who was killed in Virginia by the neo-Nazis that Trump called some good people. Um, we've got to stand up. We've got to stand up, say no mas. We've got to say we don't want more children dying in Border Patrol custody, having the kids caged. Uh, not letting them, uh, the people that are right now in detention, be able to be out of detention so we won't spread the virus. All lives matter. And we've got to remember that. And that's something that you've always exemplified in your career. And uh, so, so you, 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 know, you ran for governor. Uh, you, you got a lot of uh, good messages out there, which was very important. Those messages are still important. And right now, 2020, we will have the most important election of our lives. For the last several four years or so, it's the most important election up to that point. But this one will be the most important in our entire lives. And people will be asking your grandkids, my grandkids, what did you do? What did you do in 2020? When there was somebody out there spreading all these lies with all this blood on his hands and, and people blindly following him, what did you do? Well, you stepped up to the plate. You stepped up to the plate one more time and uh, you're, you're doing a big campaign now to get people to vote, especially Latinos, but it's important for all of us to participate. So tell us about this work that you're doing now. Well, first of all, let me, let me say a few things because you've covered a number of things. One, uh, just to clarify, I fought with gang members, but I was never one. My mother would uh, uh, you know, put that, uh, uh, those hangers, the broom, uh, whatever she needed to put, the switch, uh, um, but you know, I was uh, definitely at risk. You know, dropped out, kicked out, got in trouble. Uh, very lucky uh, to be here um, and not have gone down a different road. Second, uh, you talked about the farm workers and Cesar Chavez. I first got involved uh, with uh, the farm workers boycott uh, in 1968. Um, and the farm workers have always been very close to me. And you mentioned the governor's race in a very tough race, endorsed my candidacy, and have actually endorsed me in every campaign I've ever been in. And um, I am very pro-union. You mentioned unions. And I think now more than ever, we need unions to stand up for the health 
of our workers and particularly those workers on the front lines in our hospitals, uh, in our grocery stores, uh, in all of the places where people have to work uh, because they're essential. Um, and um, education was another thing you mentioned. And um, I tell people, when I look back, uh, why was I so focused on education? One, because, but here for the grace of God go I. I look back on my life and it was a Catholic school that gave me a foundation, but a public school that gave me a second chance. I got kicked out of Catholic school, but a public school took me in. I dropped out of that public school because when they took me in, although they did, and thankfully they did, they also didn't challenge me and they put me in basic reading classes and basic math classes, an upholstery class that I wasn't interested in. I think I made a chair, uh, not a very good one, by the way. Um, but I was fortunate uh, to finally finish uh, high school, going to night school four nights a week, going to East LA College, a community college, getting some 40 odd transferable units in a year and going to UCLA on the affirmative action program. And I always say, some people will say I came in through the back door, but one thing's for sure, I got out the front and I knew that my responsibility as someone who come in, had come in through the back door was to make sure that others were able to come in through that door as well. That door is, that back door is no different than those parents who have cheated on their tests after their kids had every opportunity possible to get into the best universities uh, and, you know, uh, get in because they contribute uh, large amounts to uh, these colleges. And so uh, I'm a big believer in education and, and the power of education. And, you know, when I became mayor and I broke these glass ceilings, I always tell people, as you remember, there was a lot of ado. People were celebrating in a way that was you know, made me proud. But you know, at the end of the day, I saw that everybody serving me looked just like me. Why? Because they didn't have an education. And that's why it's so important. And finally, on the issue of this election and how important it is, you know, I've been campaigning now uh, since the 1984 convention when I campaigned for Jesse Jackson. And I tell people, um, you know, Every year we say this is the most important election in our lifetime. And, you know, it felt like that and that's why we say it. But there's no question that this is the most important election in our lifetime and maybe in our country's history. Not since the Civil War have we been so divided. Uh, not since, not ever have we had a president so uh, divisive so um, so disrespectful of the pillars of our democracy, of the legislature, uh, you know, of freedom, well, of the press, uh, if you will. And um, I do believe it's important uh, that we focus on uh, the Latino vote. They're the fastest growing part of the electorate. They're a part of a, the electorate that doesn't vote in the numbers uh, that they could or should. Um, why? Because who doesn't vote? The young, the poor, and the less educated, and those three demographics reside uh, in large numbers um, among Latinos. 
So we're going to be working in uh, seven, um, you know, purple states, swing states, if you will, to see if we can get Latinos out to vote. We've been struggling to raise money. It's unfortunate uh, whenever uh, you try to enlighten and raise consciousness about the importance of the Latino vote. Even the Democrats, uh, frankly, take it for granted. Uh, and that's part of our problem. Uh, to the extent that they make an investment in that community, I think you'll see, uh, yes, it'll be harder. Uh, the younger, the poorer, the less educated are harder to get out uh, to vote. They're struggling just to make ends meet. But to the extent that we can do that, we can make a difference in this election and make sure uh, that uh, uh, Donald Trump is no longer president, that we elect a president that wants to unite us, uh, one that understands uh, it's the United States of America, not the divided states of America, who uh, believes that we've got to invest in more people. Finally, you mentioned the, the governor's race, and let me say something about that. What I tried to say was, this is a great state. It's the golden state. But that gold is tarnished when you look at how many people are struggling in this state. The state with the highest uh, concentration of wealth uh, and the highest concentration of uh, poverty per capita. And America is becoming that country as well. And I think the next president needs to speak to that, needs to work to lift more people up through education by providing uh, an environment where unions can advocate to lift up, particularly uh, the lower wage workers among the working uh, poor. Um, so, you know, uh, it is an important election and it's one that I intend to be involved in. Well, uh, in 2006, February of 2006, um, I was honored to lead a caravan from Friendship Park, which is where the wall is between Mexico and the United States, all the way to the White House and back. We had 111 cars, and we went across the country to tell people to rise up and protest. This is 2006. And to get out there to vote, to, to demand immigration uh, rights, et cetera. And I would have different people be uh, the point people in each city we went to. In Los Angeles, that point person was our good friend, Dolores Huerta. So Dolores, and happy birthday, as you know, she just turned 90 recently. Uh, and Dolores gathered people in LA at the Placita. And we spoke about the need of getting out there and vote. We wanted to tell them who to vote for. We would just tell them it was important to get out there and vote. And if you were undocumented or you didn't have 18, you weren't 18, you still knew people that could vote. So tell them to vote. So we went to 40 cities in 20 states. We came back and we had the biggest marches in the history of the United States. You helped with that. There were so many people involved in that. And that was in 2006. Summer 2020, as I had shared previously, on the 4th of July, the idea for us with Gente Unida was to leave from Chicano Park. And 4th of July this year is a Saturday. And we were gonna caravan across the country in 10 states in 10 days, mainly purple states. And the idea was to go there and to, to rise up, talk to the communities, especially the Latino community. We need to vote. We need to get out there and vote. And we had point people, like we had the Lotus in Los Angeles back then, 
we have lined up point people this year to physically go there and do these these uh, rallies and so forth. Well, now it's all changed. We will still go there virally, and we have people that are going to be our point people in in Michigan. It's going to be a person you might not know him by name, but his name is Adriani Idola. And Adrian was the guy that came out on CNN several months back at a school board meeting. And he stood up and he said, yeah, education is important. We come from Mexico. And some guy in that meeting yelled, go back to Mexico and, and made some racist comments. And the crowd went against that guy, not Adrian, the, the guy that going, what are you talking about? This guy came here looking for a better life, just like your family did a couple of hundred years ago. Well, he became internationally known. Adrian, so I contacted him because Brooke Baldwin, a friend of mine from CNN that you know, she goes, did you see that guy? And I went, yeah. So she gave me his phone number and Adrian says, I would love to help. In Chicago, another friend of ours who was not known until 2006 when we did that caravan, Elvira Arellano. So Elvira will be our point person in Chicago to the troops, get people to vote. So we're gonna be doing this, launching it on the 4th of July virtually. And we wanna team up with you and, and help you with your efforts because some of the people that you know, Eva Longoria, Voto Latino, et cetera, we're all on the same page. Let's work together. And that little bit of help that we could give, we want to offer that to you. We also want to do a call out to try to raise funds for the effort that you're leading. And so that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about. I have, I don't have as broad a network as you do, by, you know, but you by far have a much larger one. But we do, we both know people that are in the Hollywood and the sports world, et cetera. And they have really big networks. And you're right, they've got to contribute financially to your efforts so we can get that vote out there because we cannot allow what happened in 2016 to ever happen again. We have 64 million people vote for Hillary, 62 million vote for Trump, and 100 million didn't vote. We cannot allow that to happen again. We gotta get out there and vote November 3rd of, of 2020. So let us know, how, how can we help you? Is there like a, a website? Is there is there a, a way that we can get involved in your efforts, that we can uh, team up with your efforts? Yes, well, first of all, uh, our efforts, uh, because you are uh, as committed as I am um, to this notion uh, that Latinos need uh, to get involved, uh, they need to participate, um, and they need to hold our elected officials accountable uh, to investing in every community and to making sure that we're not leaving so many communities behind as uh, we grow and move forward. Uh, I can get you uh, all of the social media information. I don't have it on me. I didn't know we were going to. Uh, actually ask that ask for that but what i can say is um before you went from a uh, caravan to a virtual caravan uh, we had communicated and you'd asked if i would participate and i said absolutely i want to be a part of that i want to be a part of this effort uh to really raise the consciousness of uh, people in our community and the broader community about the importance of every one of us voting and particularly in these times. So I'm there, uh, I'm with you. Um, and uh, I was looking forward to actually being in the actual caravan. 
um, but I'll participate with you in the virtual one. Uh, I think it's important. We need to really bring the eyes of the nation and the world on the importance of our vote. Uh, with respect uh, to raising the resources, I think what we've got to do is really tell the story of how it's so important. You know, in the 2016, whites voted at 69%, African-Americans voted at 67%, Asians voted at 49%, Latinos voted at 47%. Voting in abysmal numbers, in my own governor's race, they voted at 17%. Uh, they voted three to one for me, but they didn't vote. Uh, and so that's gonna be really, really important going forward. And I'm committed to working with you and working with people like um, Dolores, who I've known since I was a kid and I've had so much uh, respect for, and she's still at 90, going strong. Uh, you know, she's got more energy than you and I put together. Uh, she's she's a remarkable um, woman, uh, you know, who uh, understands how important it is for every one of us uh, to play our part uh, to make a difference. And she is such a magnificent mujer. And uh, yes, yeah, so Dolores, of course, is, is very active with, with getting out the vote, as is Fernando Chavez and Paul Chavez, you know, Cesar Chavez's children, wh whom you know. So we're getting a lot of people involved. Also, I'm going to have on, on Buen Hombre in the near future, Andy Vargas, who's the lead singer for Santana. So we want to have, we had Josefina Lopez on recently. She's the woman that did the movie Real Women Have Curved. So we're gonna have a lot of people like that because they have a circle of influence. They can help us all get the word out about the importance of getting out there and voting for president, but not only for president, there's other elections that are taking place. So we gotta get right. and vote in the school board elections, the city council elections, the, uh, you know, the national elections and so forth. It is so important. And then we have those people out there that are giving the real messages, like one of my, Many of our new heroes that really we didn't know anything about six months ago, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, he's unbelievable. He's fantastic because he's out there telling the truth and he has no fear. He's not intimidated by glancing over to, to see if so-and-so is nodding. He wants us to know the truth and we all need to know the truth. The social distancing, the wearing the mask, the, you know, getting, like I, I had the test. I had the test not too long ago for uh, COVID. And, and fortunately, it, it came out negative. Uh, and and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I wear the mask too, when, you know, when it's appropriate, uh, which is whenever I'm out in public, whenever I'm out in public. And it's something that we need to be examples. See, you, you're, 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 you're the perfect example. You're the perfect example. How is it possible that people are, are giving this message and then they go to the factory where the masks are being made or they go to a hospital and they don't wear a mask. That is unbelievable. That is that. That's I, see, I haven't been out much, but I take it with me. I have it on my desk. Well, this table. Uh, I don't have a desk here, but uh, you know, it's it's important that we model uh, what we preach. And as you said, uh, um, people like Anthony Fauci and others uh, are really important. Uh, voices to be listened to right now and unfortunately we're living at a time when president of the united states uh has directed the cdc not to put out 
uh, instructions and guidelines for move as we open up our society. And the other day, uh, I said on uh, uh, the radio show that it's really important for us to listen to our scientists, to our doctors, uh, to uh, guide, you know, use science as a guide. And importantly, as we open up, we'll also broaden uh, those group of stakeholders uh, to labor and business leaders and economists um, and, you know, broad cross-section of stakeholders. Um, no one size fits all. We know that. Uh, but we also know that uh, uh, science matters. And I actually believe in science and climate change um, in evolution. Unfortunately, there are too many people who don't believe uh, in any of those things. And I think that's what's got us on this wayward track. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and don't worry about the social uh, postings of the information. We will get that up. We will post that. So make sure that we get that so we can post that on how people can help. We also will have Información en Español, Hablando en Español, of course, is very important. Comunicar en, en Español, como tú sabes, yo soy tercer generación americano de descendencia mexicana. Uh, no he estudiado el Español, no hablábamos uh, Español en la casa. Uh, pero entiendo la importancia de comunicar en dos, en dos idiomas y trato de uh, hablar un poquito de español. Muy importante. So, so you're talking about two languages. How about two cultures? Would you vote all cultures when you were working on the campaign for Jesse Jackson? That black-brown relationship is extremely important. And there's those people out there that are trying to divide and, con and conquer. We need to be more united than ever. So I'm glad to see that some of that is coming along now, but we gotta have more of that. We gotta have more of that. When I've worked on various campaigns, when I've gone and, and supported the, the gay community, for example, they'll say, why are you supporting the gay community? You're not gay. And I'll say, that's why, that is exactly why. Because we gotta stand shoulder to shoulder with our Muslim brothers and sisters, with the gay community, with the African-American, with all communities, because we're all one race, the human race. And it's important to, to, to practice that or to lead that by example, by working with all of these communities. And that's something that you've always done, this coalition building. And one of the, the best sayings that uh, President Obama used to say, and I've been using it quite a bit lately, is when I see some of these, uh, these news uh, accounts of what's going on, and I get so upset, I remember he always used to say, don't get mad, vote. Don't get mad, vote. Because as mad as you are, that, you know, something at the television, I'm going, we've got to energize these people to get out there and vote and to vote in November. Because when, when, when November 16th uh, happened, we were all so upset. We saw that magnificent women's march. We're, we're a huge, huge march. That was fantastic. One thing I worry about and I still worry about is where is that energy going to be in November of 2000? And 20. It's got to be at the polling state. You know, people I need to go out there and vote. And I don't want to hear this, uh, oh, it's too dangerous to vote. We've got to be able to make sure that we can all vote, you know, whether it's by mail or, or whatever the situation is. We got to vote November 3rd because this will be the most important election in our lifetimes. 
that's why this work that you're doing is very, very important. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you, uh, you know, as you're in, in this uh, wonderful country of Mexico and in this wonderful country of the United States. We need to, uh, to make sure that we convey the message that we need to get out there and vote. Practice what the doctors are saying as far as health and safety, but let's practice, put our, put our, our actions uh, to, to, to work as far as getting out there and vote. So we'll be sharing the information about how they can work with you, how they can work with us, because all of us need to participate. Is there any um, final message that you would like to share with us and, and, uh, or a story that you would like to share with us as we're closing? You know, uh, well, just something about coalitions and about coming together. You know, when I was 15 years old, I, in addition to joining the farm worker boycott, uh, was a high school freshman football player. And I helped to found uh, the Black Student Union with some African-American football players primarily and others uh, at Cathedral High School. Later, uh, a couple of months later, we started United Mexican American students. In college, I was involved uh, in uh, Chairman of Mecha, Movimiento Estudiantil Chicano de Aslan, Latino student organization, worked very closely with the Asian American uh, students, uh, African American students, BSU, uh, uh, and the Third World Coalition, and later uh, with white progressives against. Um, uh, what was going on in um, Vietnam and Cambodia and the like. And my whole life I've understood. Later, uh, you know, I, I worked uh, with the Latino Black Roundtable in 1980. Uh, I was president of a union that was majority African-American at the U.S. Equal Employment and Opportunity Commission. So my whole life I've been trying to bring people together uh, around this notion that what makes America greater are the people in it. We come from every corner of the earth with our hopes and dreams. None of us have a monopoly on loving this country or uh, wanting to benefit from an opportunity America. So I agree with you 100%. And that's what this campaign uh, to bring democracy back uh, uh, to the White House, uh, to bring a leader who wants to bring us all together is all about. So I wanna thank you for having me. Uh, as soon as you asked uh, me to come on board, I said, absolutely. I have so much respect for the work that you do. Keep on working, uh, don't give up. Uh, I won't either and look forward to seeing you soon as we uh, uh, get involved in the, uh, in the virtual caravan. Thank you. question that I often ask the people that are on the podcast or the radio shows. So to you, what is love? You know, I think love is uh, giving as much as receiving. I think love is uh, uh, a sentiment uh, that we should have, not just for uh, our family, uh, but our community, our, our country, and humanity. And love is, is uh, what your mom did with you. When she saw in you um, 
you know, the road that you could go go on, but she would not allow that to happen because she loves you. And she showed you that love by right. saying she believes in you as I believe in you. And, and, uh, Thank you, brother. Antonio, muchísimas gracias. Uh, gracias a ti. We will stay in touch. We will continue with uh, America's uh, American Latinos, your efforts to get people to vote. We will be working on this together. So we'll continue. American Latinos United. American uh, Latinos we, United. We, we named it American Latinos, even though we could have easily said America's Latinos or Latinos United. But we live in a world, unfortunately, where people tell third generation Americans, as they did in my case when I was mayor, they actually wrote a column about it in the Sacramento Bee uh, to go back to Mexico. Uh, we wanted to make it clear we're Americans. Uh, Americans uh, here, uh, some of us born here, some of us have come here, uh, but we're united around this notion uh, of uh, making sure that we're participating uh, in a way that uh, frankly will enrich the entire country. Thanks again. Gracias. Hey, my brother, muchísimas gracias. Que Dios te bendiga y hay que salir a votar. Make sure you stay tuned in to Buen Hombre Magnificent Mujer every Tuesday. We're on Spotify. We're on, uh, we have buenhombre.org, magnificentmujer.org, Apple, tune in. So tune in to us every Tuesday, three o'clock, to find another Buen Hombre or Magnificent Mujer. On behalf of Sarah Bella, I'm your host, Enrique Morones. And we couldn't have a, a, a finer hombre, a, a, bueno, a more buen hombre than Antonio Villarraigosa. Muchísimas gracias, amigo. Love is an action, not just a word. And you are that person, full of love and action. Muchas gracias. gracias. Adios. Take care. All right, thank you very much, brother. Thank you, brother. Okay, thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. Igualmente. Gracias.